Um, I'm trying to see if I have anything else Tra- jarring to say. Tra- <laughs> I hit a Don't. lot of curbs today. <laughs> Don't. Like, unbelievable amount. Turn this on. Got it. I'm not, I don't, wait. Yeah, I've got it. Feels sick to my stomach. Oh. <laughs> um, should we clap? Let Anyone got anything else to say before we, we clap in? Gotta clap. Nothing. Anyone have any bits or bobs? No. You know me. Can I, maybe can I pull one up really quick? Yeah, what if I said no? Mouth face. Looking for love on the trail. One at a time now. Grandpa can't hear. Grandma shark do 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 Grandma shark. Oh, you can't be a leading man, not with that jaw. All right, <laughs> that was that good. Theme song? That's my theme song. That's that's the theme song for when I introduce us to art farts. Oh, okay. Us art farts. This is us. Us art farts. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. 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 Hello. People are oh, logging out right now. We're off to a weird start already. I'm feeling weird. My, I feel weird today. Every single one of my toes is so itchy right now. I have what? insane heartburn. <laughs> Andrew, what's your qualm? Yeah, Courtney's been asking me if my feet itch. Well, she said it the other... <laughs> don't and I, and don't now be that, like that. Don't be like that. Now that you mention it, they are getting itchy right now. The other night, Leanne was like, my toes, my toes are so itchy. And I was like, oh my God, thank God, because mine have been really itchy. Like, maybe this is a thing. And then tonight, I was like, are they itchy now? And she was like, why would you ask me that? Because <laughs> you said they're itchy. My toes are always kind of itchy. Oh, see? Well, mine are itchy right now. I'm really sorry. Should we itch each other's toes with our toes? Sure. Oh, scritch, 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 scritch. Leanne did paint my toenails last night. Oh, that was a really nice, sweet moment. Because I was painting uh-huh. my toenails, and I was like, anybody want their nails painted? And Courtney was like, actually, I do need my toes painted. And I was like, get on over here. Pop, pop a squat, throw it up. Throw your foot up. <laughs> throw it up. Pop a squat, throw up. Throw your foot <laughs> in my lap. It was really sweet. Are you itchy at all, Andrew? Not really. Well, a little bit. And Where? do you need your toes painted? I don't know. Around my neck, I guess. Ooh, okay. I was just itching my neck when you said that, so I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared of you. <laughs> you should be. Oh, I always feel that way. Oh, I always feel huh? that way. Huh? Huh? What? Who said that? Man. Eh? Nosferatu. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gotten a little chilly outside. Happy fall. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Courtney watched Over the Garden Wall four times before <laughs> I even woke up on Saturday. <laughs> Listen, what can I say? It was Sunday. It was six movies Sunday. It was Sunday, you're right. Six movies Sunday, if you will. When six of them were over the garden wall. Yes, of course. She's a mammoth, of course. Oh, she's a cutesy little ladybug. Well, she's a mammoth, <laughs> of course. Okay, this whole this whole episode is going to be us quoting things. <laughs> I'm never going to speak about art again. I'll never speak again. <laughs> 
Um, That's good for the podcast we're hosting right now. <laughs> Andrew, take it away. What? What's Hello? your truth? <laughs> What's your truth, Andrew? <laughs> Me and Leanne are never speaking again, so it's up to you. Okay. Um, I guess the episode's no. over. Okay, so welcome to Art Farts. I'm Courtney. I'm Leanne. I'm Andrew. And this is a little little podcast that the three of us <laughs> friends have <laughs> where we talk about art history and art-related moments throughout art history and the current history. <laughs> Essentially, what we do here is each of us take turns um, researching a certain topic, whether it's an artist, art piece, art movement, art place, art medium, arts like just like not even genre of art but just like something related to art or art history um and we do some a little bit of research and then we regurgitate that information back to you but the problem is we are not the brightest eggs in the bunch of eggs we're kind of a how you say dull eggs (laughs) idiot um that weird shaped eggs that i got in my dozen of eggs this week what's up with that egg Dude, that egg, I we have to post this egg on the Instagram because it literally looks like a beauty blender. I don't know, but that egg was messed up. That chicken had a bad day. That chicken had a tight butthole. That was insane. That's what that means. I'm speechless. <laughs> she was tall. Bad for the audio medium. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, we don't talk about chicken butts and eggs all the time, but we are stupid. Okay. Um, and so we're not going to be teaching you about art in a way that would, how you say, be educated. Um, don't use us to study for your exam. Don't quote us. Don't quote us for sure. Even like if you're like at a party and you're like, oh, I have this cool fact, definitely quote us then. Mm-hmm. Don't quote us in an academic setting. Yes, not at all. Um, don't you dare bring me into that setting. You'll, you'll probably learn a thing or two. And maybe some you'll learn a thing or two that's wrong, but you're learning at least. But. You'll definitely pass an hour. Yeah. You'll definitely kill some time. <laughs> Essentially, we're bringing the art history tea to the table. And gossip mm-hmm. always has a little bit of mistruth in there. <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of honesty. Well said. Thank you. I'm Courtney. Oh, I'm Leanne. I'm Andrew again. Thank you. Andrew again. Fred again. Yeah, just like Fred again. Uh, we're related. <laughs> oh my god. Both of your last names are again. Yeah. That's why we're yeah. that's we're related. That's why that's we're That's where related. the related part comes. That's in. why we're related. So sometimes at the start of the episodes we do bits and bobs, which are little like continued bits that we have. But sometimes they're bobs. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes they're a game. Yeah. Which would be a bob, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a little snippet of history. That, mind mind you, would be a bit. Yeah. It it really, it depends. But everything falls into two categories. You're either a bit or a bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today I have a bit for us. Ooh. Throwing it back to an old bit. We're going to do what happened on this day in fart. What'd you call me? <laughs> you old bit. <laughs> what happened on this day in fart history, 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 history? History. <laughs> I've got a birthday in the house. I've got a birth. Whose birthday? Today on... Oh, we're recording a little early in this week. Um, So today we are recording on September 5th. 
and it is Casper David Fredericks. Um, hundred, I probably more than a hundredth birthday. <laughs> really, probably way more than a hundred. Um, birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Casper. Casper. Oh, that's the so friendly cute. ghost. Yeah. No. Is he's he not, friendly? Ooh, probably uh, not. We will rescind this happy birthday. We probably will. No, he's he's got. He seems interesting. And let me get. I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you. Um, one, he was born September fifth, seventeen seventy four. So that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he was that's born. Old as bones. He was born in Germany. That's old bones. <laughs> and he was popular during the periods of Romanticism and German Romanticism specifically. Okay, so that's hype. Romance period. And I'm not going to be talking about him today, but I did do research for this episode about him, which is crazy. Ooh. I did not know that it was his birthday today. But let me just tell you a little a little thing. He is famous for painting, um, like, nature scenes, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and different mountains and architecture and kind of, like, inserting people into those pieces, one that I just saw when I was researching now that I did not research when I was researching him. Is this one of a gr- of a cemetery, maybe? It looks like it's called Mirrors of the Self. That looks like one of those um, videos that you look at and then, um, like, you're supposed to be looking for something and then something really scary pops out at you. Oh, I like that comparison. Thank you. I think it's called Mirrors of Self. But, yeah, he, he, um, he painted... Yeah, sorry. I updated my computer, and so now, watch this, Leanne. I'm going to show you this. Oh. I'm trying to, like, move around my screen, but things keep popping up. It's got a mind of its own. Casper is ginger. Ooh. (laughs) Me just just screaming things over the stuff I was just talking about. That's rough. (laughs) Um, For those who don't know, I I am as well. And here's a picture that he painted of himself in this mountainous scene. Oh, okay. What? How are you feeling? That's cute. Kind of reminds me of like a hobbit. I almost said, how did he paint that of himself if he was the one painting <laughs> it? But um, that's a thing that can be done. You absolutely can paint a picture of yourself. The most common search is cause of death. So I'm very interested, actually. Ooh. Old age. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how old was he when he when he when he succumbed? Ooh. Um 65. Okay, okay. Oh, it's not even that. I okay, mean, not bad. <laughs> okay, okay. He had a stroke that left him paralyzed. Oh, oh. And then he still painted. Oh. It limited his artistic output. Yeah. And then he passed away. So I thought it was going to be something insane like he was eaten by a tiger, but <laughs> wow and he still and he still did art that's like what was it who was it matisse who um was dying and he was in bed um in a wheelchair collaging yeah that was the vibe i had the other day i'm i have a, quite a bad <laughs> cold right now and i was like i want to do art but what if i laid in bed matisse style and did it he he only could cut things out with the scissors and that's the cut the mm-hmm. cutout series if you will mm-hmm. I, oh and i i would be honored too <laughs> Which is pretty crazy, because to me, cutting things with scissors takes so much... Right? ...everything. Get him an exacto well, knife, come on. You're just your fingies, right? Yeah, but it's... I mean, I feel like your thumb, after a while... I don't know if you've done extensive scissor work, but your 
thumb starts to like the little like your little chicken bone part or not chicken bone like your little your little drumstick part of your thumb you're like ooh, that's getting sore that's Absolutely. cramping up when i have to cut things out at work i'm mm-hmm. after like several pages i'm done i don't want to cut anything else out I'm done. Also, very nice save of not saying excessive scissoring. Oh! <laughs> you happen to say excessive scissor work, which I thought wow. was really great. And I'm sorry that I missed the chance to say excessive scissoring. <laughs> not sure, Andrew, if you're used to excessive scissoring, but... I know I don't nothing know if you're about familiar. the subject. <laughs> um, well, that happy birthday for now, Casper, until we... Um, have we always resign the right resign reserve? <laughs> We're resigning. We always resign, but we come back each week. Um, we reserve <laughs> the right to redact any, um, and all birthdays as we please. Mm-hmm. If you piss on... me off, I will take it out. Oh, if if <laughs> <laughs> would would you sell your birthday? What? <laughs> I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about selling your birthday. Would you sell your birthday? What does do that mean? I get another one or like am I no, do I like, no longer you, know, you wouldn't have a birthday anymore? I guess how, how much, much money? <laughs> I love my birthday. Okay, how much money would you need to sell your birthday? I think I wouldn't sell it for anything. Just because and I don't even love my birthday, but I feel like that's I feel like that would be a really big existential crisis. I guess it depends is the government going to tax this money that I get paid for selling my birthday? <laughs> Does the government know, or is this under the table? Is this, like, the lottery, or... Is, is no, there a black market would... for birthdays? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could probably sell it under the table. That feels like the plot to, like, a, a young adult novel. The the birthday black market. Oh, that's my new band. Black market <laughs> birthday, birthday, Black yeah. market. BBB. <laughs> Wait, huh? that's not the letters. Yeah, black... Oh, <laughs> BBM. BBM. Oh. 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 And literally, I saw nothing in her eyes that she turned off. I couldn't even speak. There was nothing. I was going to say Andrew's back from getting his BBL, but. (laughs) Andrew's BBL looks great. That's a BBL no one's talking about. (laughs) And that's, and not a lot of people are talking about Andrew's BBL. I know. You guys hear about this? Awesome. By BBL. It looks great. That time that Andrew found out the BBLs were reversible and he really was <laughs> thinking about getting a BBL. That was so not good. reversible. I was Wait, like, yeah. it's not fully reversible. There will be irreversible bodily Scarring. changes. <laughs> oh, I'm going through changes. <laughs> Me when I get my BBL done. <laughs> What the? What are we doing here? Oh, I don't man. know. What? What even let us? Oh, Andrew asked if we'd sell our birthday. What even let us? Um, Andrew, would you? I know you would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Andrew'd sell it for a cold hot dog. <laughs> if someone gave me like probably like five hundred dollars, I'd sell my birthday. Jeez, <laughs> that's insane. I would. I would just want to. I wouldn't be able to keep track then of how old I am, and I think that would be the part that I'd hate. Well, I just like my birthday because I get a chocolate chip muffin from Stop and Shop in the morning. <laughs> you, we haven't lived somewhere with a Stop and Shop in several years. Sometimes you have to find a suitable alternative. <laughs> have you found that? Yeah, because I've been in other places on my birthday, and I've still gotten my chocolate chip muffin. Okay, oh, okay. It's not about where you get the chocolate chip muffin. It has to feel like it's from Stop and Shop. 
That's. I'm just so excited to be 30. I need to make it. I'm really scared because you're. We're really hyping up your 30. Yeah, and it's, it's gonna like hype. we're gonna really have to like be 30, huh? Guys, I don't care about what happens when I turn. 30. I'm taking out a loan for your 30th birthday. No, it's not about the celebration. The th- being 30 is gonna be enough reward itself. That's the all oh. I need. I don't have to do anything. Being the big three zero. Because then will. you can give up. Yeah, I exactly. I don't get it because being 30 sounds like the worst thing ever. I feel Nothing like could be worse than where we are today. I think my 30s are going to be the best thing ever to happen to me. So I hate I'm very to tell excited. you, Leanne, it only gets worse. I know, and that's crazy because I didn't think it could, and it just, every day, every month, every year, it does get worse. Wait till you're 30. We're going to love it. I know, and that's when, if you could, if we could zoom out and look at the graph, it's going up. We're going to have our sex in the city years. We're going we're gonna to have sex. <laughs> In the city. Uh. <laughs> um, so th- that's not what we do here on this. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, it does, if you're out there... If you're no, out I, there... <laughs> I don't... If you're out there, if you're out there, we oh, miss you. Please man. come home. <laughs> if you're out there... It gets better. What's the... Uh, sorry, I'm No, what topic. is it? I was going to say that bit from Hey Riddle Riddle. What's his face? Missing son. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know? missing son. I don't remember missing. his name. Yeah, like his name's like Thomas Missing Son, and his son's oh. missing. And so every time he gets on the air, he's like, "Has anyone seen my son? Son, if you're out there." <laughs> um, yeah, just thinking about things. <laughs> yeah, my brain's just making connections. Yeah, I've just been thinking about a lot of things lately. <laughs> Glad you guys are all here to listen. You're just saying things I think about. Um, we should do an episode where we just don't get to the topic and we just keep talking. <laughs> there are That's two things episode. I've always thought about. I know. There are two things. <laughs> I there are you? two things yeah. that she's always thought about. I'm going to tell everyone I'm, right now. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> One of them I think I just found the answer for the other day. <laughs> but I used to always wonder if I put ice in my cup and it melts overnight. No. <laughs> like, and it's fully full and I didn't drink out of it. How come there's no ice over like no water over spilling but i realized just recently the wa- the ice that's dispersed in the water is equal to the amount of the ice in li- its liquid form i just made this realization okay this happened last week mm-hmm. the other thing i can't i don't know how to google this information but let's say you're going to bed at night <laughs> and you're watching tv and you set your timer to like i'm gonna um I'm going to, it's going to, the TV will turn off in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. If at like 10 minutes you add another third, or you say like go back to 30, if you keep doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you keep like, if you keep hitting snooze almost, th- is that better or worse than waiting for it to go off and then adding, like, are you gaining more time? I guess my question is, are you doing this? And this is your question as to should I just (laughs) wait the 30, set it for another 30, or every 10 minutes set it for 30 minutes? This is something that when I was, like, in elementary school I used to do, and it's haunted me ever since then. I don't know how to set a timer on my TV. What? You don't know how to do that? No. Well, I've also never had a TV in in front of my bed. It, It turns off the TV for you. Wow. Yeah. And so if I wanted more time, I never knew if it would be more beneficial to wait till the last, like, minute or if it was okay if I added more time in the middle of my minutes. 
<laughs> well, if you want more time, if you wait till the last minute, you get more time, right? I don't know. I don't know how time works, I guess, is the thing. Wait, I just wouldn't set my timer until I until I'm it's the real 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, why I, is I, the timer... <laughs> I, I guess my Listen, question this is, is little me. I know, and I hate to burst her bubble. It's absolutely the... Um, the opposite of the joy of my life. It was uh, it was just more of what would be what what would make more sense. And I don't I don't I I don't have the power to even think about it. Just slam my water bottle into the ground. Um, I, my oh, I have one more and then we can start. My other one was why is it not called five and a half? Why is it called five thirty? The time. Why is it not why don't we say that? Five and a half. Oh, oh. it's five and a half. I know we could say it's half after five. But oh, if someone says, if I say what time is it, they say quarter past, I'll fucking knock you out. What does that mean? A quarter past. Oh, quarter till. Shut your mouth. That's, it's five. Why not five and a half, though? I don't know. And I'll say midnight um, 30 all day, every day. I think 530 rolls off the tongue better than five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Anyway, that's it. That's Let us episode. know, guys. Um, okay, thanks for letting me say the things I've always thought about. Yeah, that was... I Maybe that's a new... That was a bit. <laughs> My new bit is let Cordy ramble on for a minute. Here's two things I've thought about. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do at the end of these episodes. Um, okay, so the way that this works is that each of us bring a different topic every week, and this week it is my week, so I'm going to bring a topic, um, and I'm going to fart myself in right now, if everyone's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, everybody, nice. welcome to episode 63, maybe? Um, <gasps> Jesus. We have, uh, this episode's not coming out this week, it's coming out next week, so maybe 63. Wait, is there... Oh, so there's another one coming out this... Hold on, wait. Yes. Um, Andrews comes out this week. Okay, so... Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode... Beep! <laughs> Redacted. Um, yeah, I can't even find our podcast on okay. Spotify. <laughs> welcome, okay. to, welcome to our episode 60... Beep. Yeah, I think it's going to be 64, because right oh, 64. now 62 is out. 63 will 64, be this week. 64, yeah. Wow, people they're really seeing how the uh, how the sausage is made right now. I <laughs> Hello. Oh. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 64 of Art Farts. If you couldn't tell by now, I am obsessed and in love with symbolism. Just because it makes perusing art that much more exciting. It's like a little mystery or puzzle that one created um, like when first created or established was a common language, but a practice that in a lot of ways has been lost to time. I mean, of course, art still has symbolism, but the direct one-to-one -one translation of like the color purple means royalty is a lot less common. That's not how symbolism really works these days. Um, so it's kind of like, well, if you know, you know, you know, like if you know, you know, you know, you know, oh, icky, icky, icky. Like, if we know, us three and other farties out there, we and probably art historians and people who study art, know from um, Memento Mori that if we see a dying flower, a rotting fruit, uh -huh. or a skull, that's Memento Mori. That ain't right. <laughs> you know, like, that's Amore. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, that's but I'm glad Memento you did it. Memento Mori. 
which makes us all officially art detectives. Leanne and I had a blast looking for pieces of symbolism when we were in London, being like, oh, look at the flower. Oh, look at that. There's, yeah, like, recognizing and understanding what that meant. I think it's so cool. I love to point out Memento Mori. Right? There was a few common themes that we kept going back to, which brings us to the today's topic of animal symbolism in art. Ooh. Also, I'm workshopping a snappy name for this symbolism symbolism based symbolism symbolism based episodes because like i've already talked about memento mori i think i talked about um something else symbolic in art too when i was talking about dur i'm surprised we haven't talked about animals yet i know i was really like i think i'm sitting on a gold mine here when we talked about when you talked about the humors we like briefly touched on animals in that painting or that that etching yes yeah. Where I'm gonna there's a few things that we have talked about in terms of animals that I'm gonna refer back to uh-huh. too, but not like as a whole. No. Um so I'm work I'm workshopping some snappy names for like my symbolism based episodes uh-huh. and like if everyone does symbolism and things. But so far I have symbol uh or next symbol, like sex symbol. And then oh. the other one I have is drum and symbols. Or something like drums and symbolism or something like that. Those are the only two I have. I don't know. I'll work that out later. Feel free to give me um, feedback on all that Um, (laughs) in the comments and the whatever. Email me. Hit me up. You two. You out there. Whoever's there. Anyways, like everyone just said, we've slightly brushed the idea of animal symbolism when discussing a few pieces in the past, such as the dog in the Arnolfini portrait from our second episode ever uh-huh. which we found out means like that loyalty depending on where the dog's standing and then when we talked about Durs, adam and eve we talked about all the animals in that piece that mountain goat the snake the cat <laughs> the cat with the mouse bunch of things but my plan for today is to go over the history of animal symbolism in general and then to further explore three animals and pieces that they made important it was originally five cutting down to three um, and this series can keep on going because let me tell you, I wrote down 35 different animals <laughs> that we could do in the future. Oh, um, yes. So definitely, uh, yeah, I feel like this is endless. Definitely multiple parts. So I'm going to fart myself back in to kind of set us up. Okay, so I'm going to start just with the history of animal symbolism in general and a little bit more about symbolism because I keep learning more and more. My headphone Leanne, fell out. Leanne fell out of Andrew. Might oh, hang up on Andrew. Oh, what? Leanne's headphone fell out. My hand, my <laughs> my hands are tied. My headphone fell out, but I was scared that I was gonna hang up on you in in the act of putting it back in. Mm. Mm. So, animals were in art since the very start of art. We've learned from Leanne that the first ever cave drawings were found in La Salle. And they were horses and bulls and uh-huh. creatures that they chased. Um, and although these paintings were seen as depictions of events that truly occurred and an ode to the animals that people thrived off of, there are theories that putting them in painting led to good luck for more animals to come. Hmm. So even though it wasn't like they weren't originally intended to be used as symbolism, it wasn't like this bull represents our good fortune. It was like, here's the bull that we found and here's a picture of it. Um it as it kept they kept being created it started be, to begin representing good luck so these bulls and horses were like if you paint them it's respecting them more come it's good luck 
And so that's kind of like really what started even the idea of animals being symbolic in art. The first ever paintings ever found, which is pretty crazy that the first ever paintings were of animals. Or at least the first ever found paintings were of animals. Who knows what's out there? Mm. The actual practice of assigning animals to meaning became more popular during classic antiquity. Medieval art was scattered in animal images, which has led to very funny memes in our current day because medieval paintings of animals really looked messed up. Like, Oh my god, they did <laughs> not know how to paint a cat. Really messed up. Like, what is this, a furry little man? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's so true. What am I, some During kind of this... furry little man? <laughs> what do you think I am, a little furry man? What's a baby, a tiny man? <laughs> What's a dog know that I don't? <laughs> During this What's time in the 12th... What's a furry little 12th... man know? <laughs> nothing. That furry little man knows nothing. What a furry little baby know? During this time <laughs> in the 12th century, medieval scholars published the bestiary or bestiary which I had never heard of before. Has anyone ever heard of the bestiary before? No. Literally. Andrew, have you ever heard of this? Maybe, no. I don't know. I, I don't know how this existed, and we've never heard of it. Like, in general, in life, never heard of it. And also, I was writing this episode at a coffee shop slash bookstore, and then when I was leaving the bookstore, I saw the best year is a book, and I saw the book there, which is crazy. That's cr- it's like when you learn a new word, and you're like, why did I hear it three times today? I swear I've never heard it in my whole life. I and took- it's like, is this really occurring a lot now, or do I just notice it now? I took a picture of it. Wow. Um, um, so the bestiary was this illustrated guide that showed natural history and moral associations of various creatures, um, not limited to animals, but also mythical creatures like unicorns, sirens, and dragons. So essentially it was in the medieval times when they were making all these paintings and it was like they were telling mythology stories and things like that. There was just a book called the bestiary, which was a dictionary essentially of those animals so you can go and be like oh there's a cat in this story cat means this that's what this means it was essentially like an encyclopedia of animals and creatures and it was a huge deal it was like published in a bunch of places literally don't know why i never heard of it and literally saw it in the in the bookstore which is crazy also the bestiary like made it was art itself because the pictures were i should pull up I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram. The pictures themselves were really cool because it was kind of medieval style of, like, almost tiles. Like, it was very, very geographical designs of these animals, which was very cool. But as we know, art changes over time. Meanings change. And with it, so does symbolism. So, you know, from the bestiary in the medieval times, what a snake represented definitely changed when Catholicism, like, became big if that makes sense so snakes were probably i don't know this for sure i did not do snakes but snakes were maybe something like smart because they were tricky and things like that and i'm sure then catholicism snakes were evil you know that's like that change because of the bible Mm -hmm. and things so so because things changed they needed new bestiaries or bestiaries and during the renaissance da vinci made his own version so there's da vinci made a bestiary that Should I've also never one? heard of. We could absolutely make one. And then, because art changed and things changed again, in the 16th century, Titian made one. There's literally, like, several different best years made by famous, I famous love that. Art, uh, artists. Um, really cool. 
Animals in general have become most common in portraiture and still life images at this time. Um, because the artist's job was usually to convey a theme about a family or an event, so squeezing in, in as much symbolism as possible is an easier way to do that. Um, something that I think of is when we did talk about Jan van Eyck's Arnolfini's portrait, where we talked about, like, all, like, Jan van Eyck is very famous for squeezing as much symbolism in to those things. So we, like, we talked about the light and the mirror and her shoes and the orange on the windowsill and the dog and things. So adding in animals is just a really easy way to be, like, she was loyal to him. There's the dog. You know that she was loyal. So you can have it, like, in your house and in your if you're rich in a, in, during this time, you can put a portrait in your house to show that you're some type of way or whatever. I'm taking a deep breath. That's cute. Someone should get, like, a little dog portrait tattooed on them. Like, I'm thinking it's, like, a little oval frame and a little dog inside, and you're like, yeah, it's symbolic. That's cute. And if you think about it, too, like, still lifes were a huge way how people did this, too. Even thinking about Memento Mori to show, like, you know, having your your table and it has a lemon to show that you um, are fruitful and then a crab to show that you have a lot of money and then a skull because everyone dies and then um, a little parakeet to show that you are cheery. You know, like that, like a still life is like the perfect way to kind of show what you're all about. It's like a dating profile, really. It's wow. like, th- that's what still lifes were. Wow. <laughs> what What was your Wow. Just that it's like a dating profile. Just wow. It's true. That's if I knew how to use a computer, I would make a little thing. Use and it's a like, computer. If I knew, if I knew, <laughs> it would be it would be a little thing, and it would be customize your still life, um, profile, and you would click on the different things. Like you would do a quiz, and at the end, it would put it together for you, and it would be like all the little things that symbolize you. Oh, if I, only you knew how to that. use a computer. If only I. Um, knew how to. I don't even know the f- freaking word. <laughs> Generate code. Code. Yeah. Code. Yeah. I I think one day I want to. If I have enough money, I want to save up for someone to paint me a still life that represents my 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 bean my beanus. <laughs> Your beanus. <laughs> I meant to so say, sorry. Like my being. Paint me a stillness. Wait. My be- my beanus. <laughs> Paint me Paint like me your a still penis. life of my penis, please. <laughs> well, one day if I have enough money, I'll get a painting of my penis. <laughs> one day when I have enough money, I'll get a penis. What's even? Is it just my being? What's the word I was thinking of? Like, a portrait. Yeah, probably your no, being. No. Your aura. Your aura. Your like essence. My, my like yeah, like my being, like of who I am. Your essence. Your penis. <laughs> I don't know of essence. Your aura. No, not my aura. Like the things I like. The things that. Your oral. Oh, <laughs> is it? Are you in it physically? No, it's everything you enjoy. Yeah, it's like a still life of everything you enjoy. Kind of of but her not penis. Really. Of the things that make up you. Yeah, I don't know if that's my essence though. Essence and aura feels like the like the one word that relates to like an aura is like oh she's a she's... still life that symbolizes you. Yes. Okay. My penis. <laughs> I don't know if there's necessarily one word that we have in this daytime and age. To describe that, There's we would have be. to say that symbolizes you, my penis. <laughs> oh, and I, that's gonna that's gonna have to be my bad. Come on, um, yeah. So that's really, but I love still life. <laughs> I just, going back, I just I love still lifes. 
and I didn't mention any today, and I, we should talk about them. We should talk. <laughs> the three of us talk. in a still life should sit down and have we a conversation. We need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk about the, the Renaissance dating profile. Um, okay, so animals are continued to be used in modern and contemporary art. It wasn't like it was just reserved for the Renaissance and um, like emerging Renaissance and northern Renaissance and things, or medieval art even. It's, it, animals are still very much in art today. I don't want to be like, that's, and this never happens anymore. But to me... The symbolism that animals represents now doesn't mean the same thing as it once did. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it does, even when it's meant to, it just doesn't have the same vibe for me. And I'll talk about that right now. So, like, Jeff Koons is famous for making giant sculptures of balloon animal dogs, which we've all probably seen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's famous. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. However, I don't automatically think about loyalty when seeing them. Like, I'm not seeing them and being like, oh, Uh-oh. dog, loyalty. Um, actually, when I see it, I'm thinking, like, holy shit, giant balloon animal, and I feel like somehow this is probably about capitalism. Like, that's literally the vibe that it always has given me. Um, yeah. But when, in a lot of ways, he has written where they are supposed to represent loyalty, like a do- dog would. <laughs> well, I think everything now like does tie would. back into capitalism, and like how could it not? Would. But it's it's, like... It's an interesting thing that's happening. Um, or when Damien Hurst used the shark for the physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone living, which we looked at before in the past. Yeah. I know that the use of a shark has this definite symbolic meaning, but to me, the more powerful idea, like the overarching idea, is that you have something dead and cut in front of you, That's or cut in half in front of you, and it's like more about life, memento mori, uh-huh. and like that than it is about the shark's identity if that makes sense how do you guys feel about that uh i i feel like it's a shark <laughs> does, does the shark have any meaning for you though like it could, could um, it be inter- is it in an interchangeable animal in that sense i've always just kind of felt like they're you know like i i don't necessarily know the meaning i mean to me like it's like just such a like it's a I don't know. It's a scary creature. It's a powerful creature that a lot of people are afraid of. So to have it there, um, and also just a very foreign creature, like it's from the water. So to have it there is just like uh, it's something. It's something very, very unique. I don't know. That's no exactly. That's really. I love. I love what you've said, Leanne. You have any? And Andrew absolutely has said it. Andrew said it all. Um, I forgot what it was. Me, my computer has no service. Uh, That's oh yeah, we're in the dead zone. I it's funny recording a podcast in the dead zone, right? <laughs> They're like, don't and don't you dare Google anything up, and don't you How dare do need information. Do How do they do? Um, well, I use my hotspot sometimes. So then, so. I love what you've said, Andrew, of like that, your your own interpretation, which is really what's key here, where in like bestiary times, bestiary times, like when people were using the books to translate pieces, sharks had this, and they're like, it's not too far off, honestly, from what I think of a shark, but sharks had kind of like this curiosity um, symbolism, like a adventurous 
and like then like powerful but it wasn't like innately terrifying like that wasn't the thing and so like because we don't have books like that and we're not reading pieces to get understanding in that same way um art has shifted into this like room for your own interpretation idea versus like what how it used to be so symbolism becomes more of an idea and or a theory less than a language that you are learning from how it used to be so you know like thinking back to the still lifes everything there was very much there on purpose Mm -hmm. and it and even though it was in some ways up to interpretation it really was supposed to be read like a book like read Mm -hmm. like a dating profile where you're like i know it that that means and I know what this means and you can look in this book to figure out what the animals mean um where now it's kind of like here's a shark how does it make you feel um so the symbolism's still there in summation like sharks still have symbolic meaning dogs definitely still have symbolic meaning but it's not a red one-to-one the way that it used to be less rigid mm-hmm exactly and it doesn't hit me the same way that the mystery of, like, the Arnolfini portrait does. Like, I'm not trying to solve something mm-hmm. when I see art, uh, like, animals in art now versus if I see something older, I'm like, and why is the dog barking? Right? It's like, they're now now it's like, oh, there really is no answer. Mm-hmm. Back then, it's like, oh, there was a reason for that dog bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I think it's so fun. I love it. I love solving a mystery. Anyways, let's talk about those animals because I got, I got free. Free fun ones. Um, I'm going to start with parrots. Oh. Yeah, pretty fun. So birds in general are heavily used in art history for symbolism. Um, So it was really actually impossible for me to just do birds because then I would have to talk about evils. Evils. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Eagles and doves and cranes and goldfinches and hawks and owls and et cetera. Oh, shit. So we're just going to focus in on parrots. We're like... I don't think I could ever just be like, let's talk about birds. No, you and you couldn't. No. Um, parrots are a very interesting symbol, which is why I had to start with them. I was not in shock, but I was in shock um, because <laughs> parrots, I don't know why I'm cracking up already. Um, what parrots, <laughs> I don't. Oh, I can't wait. What parrots represent is the Virgin Mary. <laughs> oh, hello. What? Yes. Parrots are a representation of the Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary's motherhood in general, like the her being her motherhood. Oh, mother. Mother. The birth of Christ, like the event of birth of Christ, um, and the witness to the fall of man. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which we did see in Durr's paint. Um, remember when we saw Durr's Adam and Eve and we were like, the bird there. Represents- witness to the fall of man. Yes. He was witnessing. He was a witness. Um, oh, witness to the fall of man. Oh, and he's a witness, of course. What do you think I said? No, nothing. Oh. <laughs> in the secular world, parrots usually symbolize intelligence because they're pretty smart. Um, but more so, they, they're they like a big deal in, in, the, in the religion world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may seem a little weird why parrots were so heavily connected to Mary and Jesus, especially because parrots are not native to Europe. They're yeah. really from South America, and there's um, African gray parrots. Um, but more so I'm talking about, like, the macaw, the red one with all the colors. Yeah. The macaw. That's, like, what is a lot of times used. Or, like, Rainforest Cafe. Was, yes, Rain, Mr. Rainforest Cafe himself. Oh, Mr. Cafe. <laughs> um, or sometimes, like, those green parrots. There were parakeets in Europe, but that is, I want us to, I'm a bird freak, as if you will, a birder. 
Yeah, I would. <laughs> and so a parakeet is, is not the same thing as a parrot. We'll get it straight right now. Um, and I'll talk a little bit Thank about that, God too. God for getting straight. And that would have tripped me up. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so parrot separate from parakeet. Yes, there's parakeets in Europe, little tiny bird, little tiny burp. The parakeets are the little tiny ones. And they're like, beep, 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 beep. And then the parrots are the ones who are like... A big guy, and he's like, hey, what's Hello. up? Hello. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so why, why they're why? from this place? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Um, of course, through trade... People became familiar with parrots, like, because it was this exotic red bird or, you know, colorful bird. And it, so they were very popular to bring back to Europe and mm. trade and sell. And, you know, Europe was kind of, like, breaming with Catholicism at this point. So it was, that's why they were, like, it wasn't just, like, oh, and we'll think of the parrots that we've never met before and we'll make that connection. Um, like, there were parrots in Europe, but they weren't native to Europe. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the reason why they were compared to the Virgin Mary is because they were considered a miracle of nature because one day someone was around one of these parrots and the parrot started talking which I forgot had to have happened for people to like realize that parrots could talk oh (laughs) I can't even imagine the horror Oh, I would have, and forgive me, pardon me, I never would punch an animal. I would have punched it straight out of the air. Being someone who studies, like, how language works, too, it is crazy to think of this animal talking. Like, yeah. that's so yeah. crazy. Insane. So, the whole idea was, Marin was, Marin. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> um, the Persian Mary, a.k.a. Marin. Marin. <laughs> oh, a.k.a. Marin. <laughs> Marin. Oh, Marin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fooled me twice. <laughs> oh, can't get fooled again. <laughs> Mary was this virgin who had a baby, and a parrot was an animal that could talk. So they were considered to both be freaks of nature. <laughs> Same thing, basically. Um, so that's kind of why. And then also, there was like this story that I lightly saw where um, Someone, oh, what's her name? I don't know the Bible that well. Was there their lady who was friends Mary with Mary Magdalene? Ma- was they were friends, or that's her mom, or something? That's um, oh, I don't know. I just know that like the girlies were like, wait, I don't. I think it is Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, and then simultaneously Virgin Mary. Sorry, my phone is giving me messages. Um, <laughs> Mary. Magdalene skull. We actually have to dive into that later on. Um. Yeah, she was a witness to the resurrection. Was so she I think she Mary? was separate from. I think so. I think Hold it was. On. I think it was Mary Magdalene. It doesn't matter too much. Essentially, I'm gonna say Mary Magdalene. Um, there's a story about how she saw the Virgin Mary. Um get like sent a message that was like Mary you can talk to the birds and the birds will talk to Jesus for you and so there was this whole and I think at first it was just supposed to be like she'll talk to the birds and then the birds will sing but then what happened was they saw parrots talking and I think they were like Mary taught the parrots how to talk (laughs) like that was one of the stories that they thought was why the parrots were talking Um, and I did look it up I think they were they were close like that I think it was Mary Magdalene um so that's, like, also part of it. So, essentially, 
parrots, freak of nature. Jesus's existence was also a freak of nature. So they're like the birth of him was related to parrots. Her motherhood mm-hmm. was was related to parrots. And then the fall of man, I'm not quite sure other than the same reason of just like, it's kind of scary to think of a parrot talking in general. Um, so, yes, that's why parrots have that symbol. Um, and now I'm going to talk about a piece that had this a parrot in it. Mm-hmm. So I want us to pull up Madonna with Canon Van Der Pael, <laughs> which I'll spell. It's also called the Virgin and Child, Canon Van Der Pael. So it's Madonna, like the singer, with Canon, C-A-N-O-N, Van, V-A-N, Dare, D-E, oh. Oh, is that me? I don't know. Was it because I stood up? We For, for the listeners at home, uh, the phone just hung up on Andrew. And you know he's going to think it was my fault. Oh. <laughs> oh, his phone his died. His phone definitely died. He's leaving us a mess. Oh, I'm crying. Hey. This time I hung up. <laughs> that was so funny to get your voicemail. <laughs> hey, this is Andrew Hans. We dox Andrew. They know he's Andrew Hans. <laughs> Call me back at beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and this is his number and his address. Um... Oh, I was just spelling the the name of this piece. So it's Madonna with Canon, like Canon and D. Van, V-A-N, Dare, D-E-R. And then Payel, which is P-A-E-L-E. Forgive me, everyone in this painting looks just horrific. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this piece is by our guy, Jan Van Eyck. Oh, let's go, Jan, let's go. Or Jan Van Eyck, actually. Oh. But Let's go, Jan. Jan, come on. Woo. This piece was completed <laughs> around 1434, um, which is a honestly triggering number because when I was in art history classes, so many pieces were made this year, and I had to memorize. When you're, like, studying art history, you have to memorize, like, who made what, what year, and all, like, the pieces' years. And so 1434, looking at it right now, is scarring. Um, like, that's the year. You're going through the Rolodex. Literally, I'm seeing all of the numbers and all the names. So, uh, like his other works, there's a lot of hidden items within this piece that I would love to dissect maybe one day. Like, he really needs his... We've given him his own time, but he needs more time because there's a lot of puzzles that he is placing within these pieces and puzzles. The sculptures in the background are going the fuck in. I know, right? There's something even with the hands of everyone in this piece or something like that something about everyone is being freaky with their hands and so there's a reason for it he makes no mistakes he does everything on purpose which is really crazy a lot of patterns a lot of yeah wow but if we focus here in kind of the middle um what i want us to look at is is wait my phone is trying to load <laughs> what i want to focus on is this goddamn parrot this baby and this bird. Where um, is there a parrot? Baby uh, Jesus is holding him. It is on the Virgin Mary's lap. Maybe what we can do too is if we add the word parrot, there was like a really good screen cap somewhere of like a zoomed in. Yeah, the when I Googled it, this one of the and I go to images, um, I think the third one is just a cropped image of um little baby with that bird. 
And what a terrifying Jesus. Let's talk about that first. Oh, awful. Jesus in general he looks is like terrifying. he's seen some stuff. He and he has. Um so this so so yeah. I'm really hyper fixated on this parrot. It's a green parrot, so not like our red macaw, but uh, a green, a parrot nonetheless, not from Europe. Um and it's I thought this was a really good one to use as like a reference to what this bird means because sorry, I'm just really fixated on this baby ugly baby Jesus. On this ugly baby. Oh his his full penis is out. Yeah, I also yeah, the when you zoom in, you're like, I'm trying to look at this bird, but it does look like you're just zooming in. <laughs> um on little on this little baby. So the fact that it's literally between the two of them, um, so it's representing, like, it represents the Virgin Mary, but it also kind of represents his birth in general. Mm. And I I love the way that the bird is turned toward b- the baby and mother, but it's looking at us, which I think is very, in- with intent of, like, these are my guys. These are my bitches. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of this parrot? I like the chubby little baby hand on the parrot. I wish I could get a clearer image of this parrot because in the one that I'm yeah. looking at, I can almost not even be able to tell where he's looking. Hold on. I am trying to computer enhance, if you will. It really took me a while to find this parrot. Um, I got you guys. Let's see. If I save it, will it save more clear? I've sent an increased image of the parrot. Yeah, the one that I have is just so blurry. Okay. Oh, wow. That's gorgeous. Um, and the baby <laughs> in all its horror. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> wow. The the absolute detail. And I want to know, you know, like what all these flowers uh-huh. the, that baby is holding means. Look at um, all those jewels, too. Look at the bags under his eyes. I know, this baby has seen some stuff. Why does she... She has, like, a wedding ring on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's on the right finger, so... I know, isn't that cool? I love that, too. Um, yeah, I love how his little tender baby hand on this bird... I like that the bird's looking at us. Um... I, he looks threatening. That beak looks pointy as heck. I think and his that little beady eye. I think I ha- I did not read about this, but I do think that there is a sense of also like with the parrots, there's a lurking mm-hmm. doom because parrots also represent the fall of of man, yeah. and so it's kind of it's really connecting these three ideas of there was a Virgin Mary, there was a birth, and there will be a big death, and it's kind of like. With them mm. looking at us, like... It's like no one here sees us but this bird. This yeah. bird's, like, having his flea bag moment. He's ha- this bird is having his flea bag moment. <laughs> That's exactly it. He's like, I know something you don't. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he um, is. Yeah. So. And there were so many pieces with parrots. It was really hard to narrow in on one. Andrew, what do you think of this parrot now that you've seen it in its full glory? I don't have many thoughts about the parrot. Um, I do have thoughts about the fact that my AirPods just made the almost dying noise. Oh, no. Oh, I, and I have thoughts about that. Let's keep, let's keep a move on, Let's then. keep it pushing. Okay. Um, this originally was going to be my number three. It's now my number two. So if you thought I was done with birds, well, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about ravens and crows. 
So ravens and crows, ravens and crows, have several <laughs> different meanings in art, ranging heavily from the heavily positive to the heavily negative. Um, they can mean evil and rebirth. Darkness, they also represent the sun. Spiritual strength, and they also represent death. So really the full scale here. We're reaching everything. When I picture a raven or a crow, I'm picturing it sitting on a gravestone, very Halloween-coded Stephen King-pilled, the omen-esque. Omen? The omen? The omen. The omen. The omen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> picturing an almond. Um... Ravens are important in so many cultures and are mentioned in majority of the religious texts, including the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, the Quran, the um, Talmud, the it's all over Norse writing, Welsh mythology, the Lendenabach, the Yoga Vashis, not Vashis, the Yoga Vasisitha, um, Persian sacred literature, and the mythologies from the native peoples of the Pacific Northwest, Ooh. and last but not least, Siberian mythology, also very big deal with ravens and crows. In many cultures, the raven's considered a god, a deity, um, or holds like a very high status within that religion or culture. A piece I want to look at today, because I really, again, huge range, and I didn't Ugh. know where, what to pull from. So crows, ravens probably will have, the, we, we can always look at more one day. Um, but a piece that I want to look at is a Van Gogh piece. Um, that the Van Gogh Museum deemed to be one of his most famous paintings, yet I had never seen it before, so that's interesting. Um, this piece is called Wheat Field with Crows. It's from the year 1890. Let me know if you've seen this before. I mean, like, it looked familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen that exact piece before. And now you've said Wheat Field with Crows? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's a Van Gogh, all right. Mm-hmm. Very Van Gogh-coded. That is Van Gogh-coded. I'd assume yeah, that Van Gogh's seeing... work is Van Gogh-coded. I'm seeing blue. I'm seeing a field of wheat with a, a green path going through it, and I'm seeing crows. I'm seeing them flying I through. I swear I'm seeing crows. Seeing I swear yeah, I'm I could, seeing I could have sworn. And I could have sworn. Have you guys seen this before prior? No. No. Right? The Van Gogh Museum was like, this is like one, like, this is the big one. Bullshit. I know. I really, I felt that way, too. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Oh, it's commonly stated that this was his final painting. Oh, interesting that you mentioned that. So for a long time, this was considered <laughs> Van Gogh's last piece of work, which made the crow thing extra ominous and spooky. People had thought, well, he has the menacing sky, mm. the crows, and the dead end path. It's the end of his life approaching, and he kind of knew he wouldn't be around much longer. This was heavily disproven. This is a myth. He, This is not his last piece. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. He's made several pieces after this one, but he did die in the same year, like way okay. later in the year. Um, Van Gogh even wrote that he... Even though he did want the skies to represent sadness and loneliness, it wasn't meant to represent, like, fear mm -hmm. or, like, anything. It was actually, the entire piece was meant to represent what a healthy countryside looked like. So it was, it huh. was actually supposed to be more of, like, there's rain. We, you, crows aren't necessarily inherently a bad thing. People mm -hmm. think, like, they're going to eat your crops, but, like, they're, it's not just like that. Mm -hmm. it, it was, the dark sky was actually the piece of, like, Oh, but there's sadness looming. Like, mm. there's always loneliness, but um, it it was also like, but my but my countryside's healthy. Mm. But you got crops to be eaten. Yeah, the the clouds are for me. 
the countryside's doing well kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a very mis- mistaken piece, I think. Yeah. Um, does it give you, like, inherently ominous vibes, or are you feeling pretty... How you feel? Not, like, horrendously ominous, but more so, like... I don't want to be there, but I'm not like, oh, scary. I'm just like, yeah, that's a that's a dark wheat field. Mm-hmm. It's still got some bright blues. The crows don't necessarily look like anything bad. It looks mm-hmm. like they're just, they look like nature. They look like they're just hanging out. They're yeah. not here to do anything bad. Yeah. That's, what about you, Andrew? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the dark sky and everything, I think it makes it a little ominous, but um, it looks peaceful, like I'd be there. I'd be chilling there. <laughs> I'd be there. A direct like, attack on me. I'd, sm- <laughs> I'd smoke a blunt here. <laughs> With the crows. Oh, the crows. my God. Please. And they need to calm down, and they should There are smoke. too many heads on this blunt. <laughs> I think we, I need to do, like, another piece about crows one day, because I think I need to do one that's, like, in, like very obviously positive. Um, but So the crows don't come attack us? <laughs> literally. I think the crows got a bad rap after the birds so the movie so justice for crows no because i was taking a walk in our neighborhood and a crow dive bombed me that's true we did see that well i didn't even see it but that crow did take up that baby bunny oh my god oh i saw that that was terrible the crows here are on an entirely different level yeah okay no more anyway we won't talk about them (laughs) all right let's let's finish this out with number three we're gonna be talking about ermines can someone tell me what an ermine is? No. Without Googling no. it? No. What are you no. talking about? Okay. An ermine is a type of weasel found in Europe. Um, they are actually so stinking cute. So oh. now <laughs> please feel free to look them up. How do I spell that? Ermine is E-R-M-I-N-E. Um, now, I don't want us to confuse oh, it with things. a least weasel. Ooh. Which A stoat? A least weasel is what uh, is our friend who took a wild ride once. I don't want to. <gasps> oh my gosh, weasel's wild ride. Oh, weasel's Let wild sh- ride. Can yeah. I take your phone for a second? Though? Yeah, because it's saying it's um. This is this is an ermine. You're gonna freak out. Oh okay. Ermines are white. Have white coats. He looks like a little a little. If you took a polar bear and you um <laughs> turned so him cute. into a ferret. They're really tiny. They're like super oh, tiny. Oh, they are very small. Yes. And I'm seeing this one has a little a little spot of black on his tail. Yeah. Oh, that is just so sweet. Yeah. Oh, he's standing like a prairie dog. Good lord. He's like the t- he. Well, here's the thing. The friend that took a wild ride is actually smaller than him, but they're similar sizes. Weasel's wild ride. Weasel's wild ride. Um, I love ermines in art. They were a very big deal in art for a while, and there's a few pieces that I... There's another piece I'm thinking of that I want to talk about one day. Um, Let me talk about what they symbolize really quick. Ermines symbolize purity and moderation. The purity part was because of their clean white coat, um, and there's this whole, like... um, what do they call it? Not lore. What's like a story? Um, I have the word later. It was called. So I'm looking at pictures of ermine. Don't worry. According to the legend, an ermine would rather die than soil its fur. So it's not only like they have these little white coats, but they're known to keep it very clean. Uh-huh. Which ferrets are like obsessed with cleaning themselves. So that makes a ton of sense, actually. Right? Aren't they like obsessed with cleaning themselves? I think so. I don't know. I thought I heard they smell bad. So that surprises me. They, I have heard they smell bad, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, moderation kind of confuses me because, like, 
people usually wore ermine as furs, and furs usually represent wealth, so I'm like, how can an ermine be, like, moderation? The only thing I'm guessing is because the guys are so little and small that, mm. and so plentiful, like, there wasn't, like, a rarity that maybe it wasn't, like, the wealthiest of furs, so it's like, yeah, I wear my ermine fur- furs in moderation, like, I only have an ermine fur, so I live uh. life in moderation, which is, like, a funny thing to think of like oh i only like i only have one fur so well, I'm this living, is just my ermine fur yeah like moderate lifestyle but yeah like so their purity and moderation is what they represent the piece i want to talk about is called lady with ermine by leonardo da vinci um made around the year 1489 lady got, with ermine we got three big names in this in this single episode da vinci um jan van eyck and Van Gogh? Huge name-dropping episode. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the ermine in this picture is an ugly idiot. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, that's his pre-winter coat. Oh, and I'll tell you all about <laughs> this bean. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> bean is the bunny that lives in our house. What? Well, it's also Courtney's son. It's my pet bunny. To me, he's the bunny that... He's your pet bunny. To me, he's the bunny that lives in my house. <laughs> <laughs> lives in the walls. Oh, it's so nice to see him. Anyway, anyway. Um, there's some tragedy about this piece. The background was overlaid in the 17th century, so we don't currently know what the original background looks like of this piece. No. Um, which is something that we've been talking about recently, so that's just something to... I just clicked on an edit of this photo, and she's wearing a mask. That's <laughs> kind of scary. Like, like a, a surgical like a... mask. Oh. But, like, not, like, it's, like, one of the ones that you'd buy at Target. <laughs> like, it's, like, a fabric mask. Interesting. Oh, sorry. There's a, I'm seeing a lot right now. Yeah, don't scroll too much. You're going to get spoilers. It's horrendous. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I've just seen something. Okay, well, okay, let me talk about it. Everyone stop. Stop what you're doing. Um, Leonardo, cre- Leonardo <laughs> created this painting in three different periods. So the ermine we see featured was not actually part of the original piece. Originally, it was just a portrait of the woman there, and then later, a gray weasel was painted. And then, finally, the large white ermine covered the smaller weasel. Oh! I have to tell you guys, this painting is 40 centimeters wide and 54 centimeters high. That is how tiny it is. So, it's tiny. It's tiny. Teeny. And he put a lot of detail into that. Yeah, it's Aww. like an ermine. Um, so I have some piping hot tea about this piece, if you want to hear it. Ooh, I would love to. Are you in, Andrew? You might have just spoiled some of it. I'm in. Me? No, Andrew um, was saying he read something. No, I didn't read anything. I'm just looking at uh, alterations of the... Okay, okay. <gasps> I just sent the same photo that Andrew just sent, the one where her face is swapped with the animals. <laughs> So the woman featured in this piece is called, her name is Cecilia Gallerani. She's a gorgeous young woman from, from the Milanese court, like royal court. Did she commission this portrait? No. Oh. Was it her, her mother and father? No. Oh my God, the weasel commissioned it. <laughs> was it her loving husband? No. It was her secret lover, Ludovico <sighs> Sforza. Her, the ermine. The ermine, yes. Well, actually, literally. Oh. Literally, the ermine. You're right. Do not wow. talk to me unless you're trying to commission a painting of me with an ermine. So, well, listen. So, okay. It was her lover, Ludovico Sforza. There's more tea. Like, really piping hot tea. This was the man who she was having an affair with. Oh, he, a.k.a. Ludovico Sforza, was the married Duke of Milan. 
the Duke of Milan, who is married to the Duchess of Milan, having an affair with this gorgeous young woman. Um, the Duke was a patron of Da Vinci for 18 years, so they were kind of like besties. And in his friend groups, the Duke of Milan was nicknamed the White Ermine. I, I don't know why they gave him this nickname, but he was like, that's what he was called. He was, he was called the Ermine. Interesting. Um, he commissioned this piece from Da Vinci to show his love for this woman, but in secrecy. So he like it was like, this is a gift for you. Oh. Um, the, the progression of this painting, which originally was just a portrait, then a portrait with a little tiny Ermine, yeah. and then like this big, big ass, kind of ugly, <laughs> muscular Ermine. Um, the idea, there's a lot of different theories, but there's one theory that it showed this growing desire for the couple to affirm their relationship in a more public manner. So it started of just like, I painted this painting for you. Or like, I, he did not paint it. I commissioned mm-hmm. this painting for you to like, I commissioned this painting to you and there's like an ode to like a little secret. There's an animal in there that talks, that kind of leaves a little secret. And then it was like, there's a portrait of you and there's me in the painting. <laughs> because he was called the Ermine. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it went from a small, dark... um ermine or like weasel to this muscular white ermine which was what his nickname was he's blowing his freaking cover exactly kind of indicated the one the duke was like this is me and two he wanted like a muscular like handsome ermine to show himself which is kind of weird the way that he made it so muscular he said make that weasel fuck (laughs) it's like they are not naturally muscular good god at all so it's kind of weird um, the ermine could also be a play on Cecilia's surname, which is, like, a very similar word to the Greek word for ermine. Mm. Um, and also, another weird thing is in 1488, Ludovico entered the chivalric order of the ermine. So he, like, it could represent his reference to his chivalry for Cecilia. Mm. So there's a lot of different connections. But we also know that Leonardo knew the purpose of what a white ermine stood for um, because he made his own bestiary, bestiary. He made Mm. his own book. And in that book, the white ermine was a symbol of purity. And so I think that it could have been also da Vinci calling Cecilia pure despite these impure actions, Mm -hmm. which either is like a dig at like... You're not being pure. Here's something pure. Or it's, mm. like, almost overcompensating of, like, don't worry, girl. You're still pure. Like, don't worry. You're good. Don't worry, you're... girl. Don't worry, girl. Um, But cool now that we know insight of, like, mm-hmm. just that animal doesn't just mean... That's not her pet. That's potentially her lover. That's her lover. <laughs> um, oh, that's not her pet. That's her lover. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. And those are the three pieces I have for today. Again, I have 35 other animals that we can talk about um, one day, and I need to talk about the over-sexualization of cats eventually. So. Oh, and someone, oh, someone actually has to. Yeah, the musical, of course. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, Show yeah, us yeah, the, that makes sense. Show us the version they had before they edited all the buttholes out. <laughs> Please, I'm begging for it. Please, God. The transatlantic Show accent. Show us the butthole cut. Show us Show the butthole us cut. the butthole cut. cut. All... <laughs> 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 Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Um, and that's all I have for us today. Thank Woo! you, Courtney. You're welcome, guys. Thanks, Ermine. Thanks, Ermine. <laughs> 
Um, okay, what has been erring your mind? Freaking your nature. <laughs> oh. Oh my. Leanne, what's been freaking your nature? Crap. Um crap. 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 Um I already talked about I've already told the farts all of the podcasts that I've been diving into right now. Hmm. Oh, I downloaded Libby, the Libby app, which is um through our public library now that I have a library card, I have access to uh, audiobooks for free. So I started where the crawdads sing. I'm um it's moving a little bit slow. I'm like through two or three chapters in, but um I'm excited to see how it goes. I don't love it. I really <laughs> I had a hard time getting into it. But I'm not hooked, but it's also I'm like it's been a while. Like I don't I've never listened to an audiobook before, so I don't know if it's like that is what's doing it for me. I don't know. That's, I, yeah. It's just not, but I also know my genres. I know that that's not my mm-hmm. forte of genres. Oh, if it's not Colleen Hoover, I don't want it. <laughs> that's why I never, I was like, I never recommended that one for you. Yeah. I, well, we're, I'm going to do it though. You got to do hard things. So. I know. And I can do hard things as the crazy thing. You don't have so, to do hard things. I know, but why are we? Why else are we alive? But if not to push I don't ourselves know. That's to do what things I've been that wondering. suck? So and this doesn't <laughs> suck. <laughs> don't start on him. Oh, don't st- y'all, he don't don't start on me. <laughs> and um, yeah, the live action One Piece really, really changed my life for the better. I've very very casually sat in on one piece while it's been playing in the living room and i've thought oh this is really nice i enjoy this i always have fun when watching it so i was really excited for the live action because it's it moves really fast i mean not really fast but it like covers a lot very quickly i think and um it was fun i enjoyed it i enjoyed my time with it so I did download, what is that app? Shonen Jump. I want to try to read. <laughs> the way you said it, like, you uh, really have never heard of this it. This is so going to be funny. so painful for anyone who knows about One Piece to be listening to. But I want to try to read One Piece because I, I have been enjoying it. Oh, bro. So, yeah, I urge, you to, I urge you to chase the things that you enjoy. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. I am about to become unbearable, I fear. That's really it. I don't think anything's really. What did what did we even say? Freaking your nature. I don't, nothing's really freaked my nature. So, um, Courtney. Yes. What has been freaking your nature? I'm glad you asked, Leanne. <laughs> um, I got two things. I have one. I watched the movie Sleep Has Her House. Um, as part of a secret cinema event at our local theater. That's where you go in and you don't know what movie they're going to play, and then they play a movie, and you have no choice. <laughs> Last time I went, it was so scary. They played a... Si- no, they- <laughs> that's different. That's oh, that is. That's five minutes. Li- that's when we vote on the movie. Yeah, you vote on a Pardon movie. Pardon me. This is you have no choice. This you- is, they don't, you don't vote. They're, you're just at their whim. You go in and they, they give you a clue, and the clue this time was art greater than sign party. Um, and I was like, surely I will have never heard of the movie. I have heard of this movie. It has been on my watch list really for a long time. Um, and it was the most amazing experience. I loved it so much. I don't think it's for everybody, but if you can sit through 90 minutes of, um, no dialogue, no characters, no narrative, highly recommend it. 
Um, I also was like oh, two and a half can't. IPAs deep, and um, I was in a small packed movie theater. Great movie theater experience. I think that's really key for that. Is like you need to be around a bunch of people. Um, and then my other thing is that I found out recently on a deep dive. Of Paul Dano that he has a band <laughs> where he's a lead guitarist, what? lead vocalist, and it is unfortunately so good. Um, really unfortunately so that good. That little it's crazy. freak's got a band? It is. He sounds and feels like Alex Turner. We were watching There Will Be Blood. We're watching him just get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> we pause it. Courtney goes, oh, my God. Tells us her revelation. And then we dived. We dove right into that. And we were all just like open mouth posture. Like, um, oh, jaw agape. Like looking at each other being like, this isn't good for the well-being. He literally, it's it's like Arctic mo- Monkeys code. Monkeys. <laughs> monkeys. <laughs> oh, monkey. Arctic Monkeys. Oh, Arctic Monkeys. Arctic oh, monkey code. It's just Arctic like Arctic monkeys. monkeys. Um, highly, I and it's very. I think we're like on the brink of something. It's very underground still because it does. He does not have many monthly listeners, even though it's from like two thousand seven. So, go go check out Mook, M O O K. I forgot that's Mook. what it's called. Mook, Mook. Andrew, what has been freaking your nature? I don't know. Nothing. I guess just Nana <laughs> again. Good show. And Nana's the anime? Yeah. And you love it? Oh, I love it all right. It's What's one song you listen to today? Um I I woke up and asked Siri how I'm gonna die. Oh. I've never heard this song. Is that a song or is that what you did today? That, no, that's a song. Oh my god, Andrew, I thought that you were disregarding the question and no. telling us something. <laughs> horrifying and i was like and what did she say is wow that, is that the arm and hammer song yeah yeah mm-hmm. i haven't listened to this new album yet well the is new, that album new album isn't out silly oh oh is this wow, old? wow oh i'm gonna smack no, it's just it's just a new single oh new single new single oh you're newly single aren't you <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm oldly single oldly <laughs> I'm oldly. <laughs> oh, I'm oldly. Oh, what Leanne said she's going to have a... What did uh, I say? You said you were going to have a geriatric... You were trying to say geriatric oh. pregnancy, but you said I'm going to have a geriatric <laughs> president. <laughs> I said what? I'm going to have a geri... I said I'm going to have a geriatric presidency, but I was trying to say I'm going to have a geriatric pregnancy. First of all, we have a geriatric... <laughs> exactly. Never mind. We have a geriatric presidency. But That's also, what Leanne was like, this is true. <laughs> why did... I forget how it came up. We were saying that my <laughs> clock is ticking. <laughs> uh, something like that. And I was like, because you're ridiculously young when they we say, they're like, oh, technically it is a geriatric pre- pregnancy. I almost said it again. It's like when you turn we don't 40. Really, uh, yeah. We don't talk about the fact that Leanne is nearly 40 years old. <laughs> we don't talk about her forty first. Her forty first birthday is actually tomorrow, which is insane. And like we don't talk about that enough. We never I'm talk rapidly about aging. <laughs> You're opposite Benjamin Button. Oh, or I guess that is what even Benjamin I, Button. <laughs> That's real. No, Benjamin he ages Button. backwards. Backwards, backwards. I'm just aging normally, but really fast. Just fast. Oh my god, it's like old. It's <laughs> oh like my old. god, it's like, this it's is like old. when you're on the that beach, beach that, that makes, makes you old. old. Oh, and I want to go to that beach. <laughs> Send me to the old beach. 
Like, that movie could have been so much better than it was. I, unfortunately, really enjoyed that movie. And it definitely could have been better. And I'm not saying, oh, he executed that really well. Not saying that at all. I'm saying, as an event, like, I wasn't like, oh, that was so good. I was like, that was a really fun time to watch that movie. I was like, everything that happened, I was like, are you are you kidding? There were so many broken bones. There were so oh, many broken bones. And I bones. hate bone breakage. Absolutely can't do it. Had to leave the room during Talladega Nights the other night. <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I really, that movie killed me. That's funny. We saw it in a drive-in all together, the three of us. That's, and it was a double feature, that and Free Guy, <laughs> which, God-tier double feature. Really? Goaded, as the kids would say. Yeah, truly goaded. Super hyped. So, that's it. I'm I'm out of here. Oh, I'm out of here. Whopper. Just Courtney's just leaving. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, um, bye. Um, gotta go watch some Muppets basketball. Oh, okay. Monkey. Bye. Okay. Okay, monkey. Bye. Love I'm you Peter. guys. I'm Pooter. Bye. Uh.